Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests, and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and wanna be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. My inspiring guest for today is Elle Sojourner. Elle is a certified life cycle celebrant and rite of passage is her passion. Her highest goal is to keep real folks healing and ascending. Through ceremony and community, we make room for every soul and human experience. So excited for this conversation. Elle, welcome to the space. Hello, hello. There she is. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. <laughs> of course. That's what happens here. It's kind of like sometimes when you get like you think that you're being, you get in a little too early and then it's just kind of, it's very finicky. Anyway, I'm so glad that you're here, Al. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Hollis. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be so fun. So um, please, I read such a small bit about you. There are like pages that I could say about you, um, which is obviously what we're going to dive into with the conversation. But can you give people a little bit more background as to who you are, wherever you want to start with that? Sure. So like you said, and like in the bio, rite of passage is really my passion, but it I've come to it not just professionally, but even personally. I feel like I was born to kind of celebrate people, party with people, always wanting to know what lights them up. And then throughout my life, I went from just doing that informally, family, friends, uh, work functions, to going to celebrant school. And actually being trained in rite of passage of all types. So often I'm officiating a wedding, but more than that, I may be celebrating a mother or father transitioning into parenthood or children or changing names, people coming out of recovery, people overcoming a catastrophic almost illness. If you are going from one stage to another stage in life, I'm the person who is going to support you and not only making that process and transition for your soul, but also in creating community around you to hold that space so you can keep growing. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, actual support when these things are happening. I mean, what the things that you just said are major life transitions. Yes. And we all have them and lots of them. And even sometimes I think we don't recognize how big a transition is because so many other people have made the transition, but it is odd to me that we're being surrounded by this human experience, we still don't always know how to show up for one another. And that is the purpose of community, even generation to generation, that's usually handed down, but our society is shifting and changing and it's spreading out geographically, but getting smaller by technology. And sometimes community is getting lost in translation. Oh my God, community is getting lost in translation. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. It's kind of like that um, that whole idea of, you know, well, not that far back. And it varies in different cultures of families actually cohabitating together generationally. Yes. And how then it's changed so much to be in many cultures like independent, you're independent. 
you, you know, you do things on your own. If you rely on other people, then that is not a good thing because it shows that you're weak. Um, all of yeah. that kind of thinking. Yes. I actually, so I didn't mention my degrees are in social and behavioral science and business. And I'll never forget a class I took. It was um, a sociology class. And this professor asked us one question. Do you put your toilet paper on the roll, you know, up or down? <laughs> and how, how do you fold your towels, like your bath towels? Mm-hmm. This was fascinating because just one generation prior, almost all people would would do those things exactly the way their parents did. Interesting. And now many people do not. And to me, it's a really relevant example of how tradition can get lost in translation. Mm-hmm. People move mm-hmm. away. They set up their own households, become independent, just like you said. And some of these smaller details and bigger details, they just don't get to follow because the kind of platform to do so isn't available, not in a formal sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, this is going to be good. So (laughs) let me do our would you rather question first. And again, I'm going to welcome the people here live. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate you. Um, Any questions or comments? Please feel free to put them in the chat box below where we can see them and we will respond. Um, So, okay, L, would you rather question is, drum roll please, would you rather write poetry or write a novel? (sighs) (laughs) I want to say poetry because I think it's more challenging, but I am so long-winded, it has to be a novel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Are you long-winded? Yes. <laughs> All day. I'm good with it. It's my superpower. I don't know. I could just sit here and listen to you. It just seems like you, I don't know, you kind of get to the point, but you do. You have so much to say, right? I do. I like to share. Okay. I'm going with the novel. Final answer. <laughs> final answer. Novel it is. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So here we go to the first official question is, um, how do you define creativity? I define creativity personally and professionally as the soul's language. It's the, the way that people show up in their most authentic self It's that place where you just feel so good and real and true and on purpose in your life. Mm -hmm. On purpose. You show up on purpose. Mm -hmm. That feels so good, right? It's it's like that. Yeah. There's such that, you know, that difference in that feeling where you're just doing because you need to do or you're impressing somebody and it's not authentic. And then that place where it's like, yeah, that this is me. Yeah, and that's that space, too, where it doesn't have to be great. It's like the person who doesn't have any particularly strong dance talent, but they love it so much that everybody else loves it for them. (laughs) (laughs) That person feels so good that you want to put that in a jar. (laughs) Yes. It's true, and it makes everybody smile, and it's just, you're past the point of feeling bad for them because they're so bad. It's just like they really look like they're having fun. (laughs) And in a way, I think people collectively recognize that they are winning because they have somehow embraced a magical sort of joy. Mm-hmm. Oh, magical joy. You just gave me a flashback to when our son was running track for a short period of time. Um, and <laughs> A short period of time. People, people were cheering. He was like, this is too much work. I'm not. No, this is not my thing. But people were cheering for the people that were like running behind, you know, because when they saw yeah. that it was such an effort and they were really putting their all into it, like the the everybody was coming together and just screaming for them and the community. It just felt amazing. Mm hmm. Brought tears yeah, my, in my eyes every time. Without fail. My son is uh, running uh, cross country and track in college now. So we've spent a few years at this. And it is always a fantastic moment to celebrate the last person across the line. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like if somebody doesn't get behind that, they're like a sociopath. <laughs> I take note of the people who don't applaud because my kid can't pay with their kids. <laughs> so true. You're certain things. There's like, aren't you human? Like, right. Really? Like it's a wonderful life. You don't cry in the end. It's like, you're not okay. Seriously? I'm going to judge you a little bit. <laughs> Shouldn't judge, but you don't cry. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so creativity is the soul's language in the way that you show up. Give us a little bit about your your journey, because here you are in this amazing space of ceremony, celebration, and community. Um and you were in corporate for 20 years? Yes. More, more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about it. So I was like, I always tell folks, I mean, full disclosure, I am the epitome of a closet creative. Mm-hmm. Since I was a little girl, I liked to draw. I would write poetries. I would write those little short stories and enter them in the young author's contest. Always loved to dance. I would make jewelry, paint stuff, tinker around the house. Like it was very apparent that I was creative, but being like a bookworm trumped the label of creative child. Mm. So, you know, very obligingly, I stuck with that box of being, you know, an academic. But even in corporate America, human resources of all places, I would always want to design the PowerPoints. (laughs) I would always like, you know, set up these recruiting events and the napkins would be folded like swans or something. I mean, just... (laughs) (laughs) total unnecessary nonsense because it was impossible for me to coexist without my creativity. But I have to interrupt you for a minute because those things, exactly what you're saying, thank you very much, is these are all creative outlets and people need to recognize this because this is an expression. This is your voice. This is the way you make things, not just regular, but bump it up a notch. So here by doing the PowerPoints, it engages people in a way where it's like not just this boring PowerPoint of that, I'm going to go to sleep, but you're actually having fun gathering people's attention, like getting their attention. And then with the napkins and the swans, like this makes a space more fun. So when people come in, they're like, oh my God, how amazing is this? It's a work of art. So I had to say that. No, I love it. And I appreciate it because in, in the corporate language, people would often say, oh, she's a, she's a details person. Interesting. You know, or mm-hmm. she really puts together these experiences. And really, that was what eventually led me to the celebrant work. I was doing so much of this personally, for family, for my son, and it l- would just light me up. I felt really full and like really myself. And eventually I was ready to leave corporate America. You know, the industry had changed. I had had a health change. There was change in my family. And I got the privilege of asking myself, how do you really want to like do that thing you like, but kind of all the time? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, let's get crazy with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I was reading a magazine because this was a minute ago before everybody was only reading media online. And it was the back (laughs) of like a spiritual magazine. I saw the Celebrant Foundation and Institute in New Jersey down the road from you. Mm -hmm. And it took me, I think, another five years before I went. But I did and didn't look back. That was right where I was supposed to be. Wow. So, okay. I have to draw attention to this gap in time. So you saw this, this is what lights you up. This is just what makes your energy like, this is what I want to do. And then there was five years mm-hmm. of a gap. Might've been a little bit more. And so this is what's interesting though. So in my belief system, I believe the universe will get you in line in case you don't want to get in line. Mm-hmm. So in that kind of five-year window, HR, human resources just changes to the point where I'm almost miserable, still love helping people, but just am tired of the experience of working against corporate America so that good things happen for people in their employment experience. Not to slam HR, it just was no longer the right fit. Then I had several health challenges. So I would work, come out of a job, deal with my health, go back. I was fighting uphill against the machine. (laughs) 
<laughs> to not go towards what it was I really wanted. And I feel like I just kept getting snatched back by any means necessary until I kind of was like, oh, I guess this is my chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I hear you. <laughs> like, I am like the universe's like hard headed, soft behind baby. <laughs> hard headed, soft behind. Baby. But we get there. We get there. <laughs> But I think you're bringing up, this is so regular and yes. anybody who has anything to say, please put it in the chat box on this, um, is we do, we're in so much denial of things. <laughs> like we, we, you know, oh, I really want this, but that's not possible now. How am I going to make money off of that? Am I going to really like, I need to be responsible and stick with what I have. I've been doing it for a long time. And, you know, all the stories that we create. But at the same time, our body is fighting us, showing ways in that we're getting physically ill. We, I like how you said that you were almost miserable mm -hmm. in, in um, all the changes that were being made. And it doesn't it just truly affect how we show up as people and how we connect? Yes. Yes, yes. And especially because... One of the things that I've only come to understand about creativity, probably in the last couple of years, it's not, this is kind of newer information for me, is that it is a self-generating sort of energy. So when I was working in the corporate environment, I was kind of just exhausting myself trying to yield outcomes that I thought were best for everybody else. But there was nothing to really regenerate me. It was just depleting me. In a creative space, especially in authentic creativity, as opposed to that kind of creativity that's primarily to please someone else, it will keep filling you up so that you have more to give and there's not a depletion. It's a level of balance. Yes. Yeah. You just said many key words right there, especially balance being one of them. There and I, my body won't let me function Um and, and the way I give back to the world, my body would no longer let me function from a space of depletion. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we got there. We got there. You got there. You did. And what's amazing is you did. You gave yourself the permission to get there eventually. It takes time in whatever space that is. But the fact that you got there and didn't deny it, spend a lifetime of denial. Yay you. Oh, thank you. People thought I was crazy, but they thought I'd be crazy before for other reasons. So really, I had nothing to lose. <laughs> but you just mentioned, too, again, what other people think. Yes. It gets well, especially as a parent. We've talked, you and I have had these conversations about parenting. Mm -hmm. When you're raising children, I think the, the ego of parenting is really loud. You know, I owe this to my children and is this what a responsible parent will do? And what will people think about me that will affect how they treat or think about my children? I think that's a parent ego is something I don't think we talk about as much. But I think that for me personally, that was a big part of it. I want my son to be proud, but I also want to prime us socially as a family to make sure that he has every opportunity available to him. But listen to the fear in that. If I don't do what other people think is socially powerful as a parent, then my son won't have something. Good Lord. <laughs> but what I, I love this topic and I'm so grateful. And I want to give a shout out to Atusa race. And um, because I co-host a um, podcast with her um, yes. by bullshit. Hello, happiness. Which yes, is yes. where I met L. Yay. Yes. Atusa. And um, yeah, this is how we met. And I just think parenting First of all, everyone is a creative art. <laughs> so it's we're problem solving all of the time. Um, connection, expression, self-awareness. Oh, my gosh. There's so much in parenting. Um, but you just made me think of this again, this whole idea of how we how we compare ourselves to others. And it just made me think of basically a conversation that I had with our daughter who um, a lot of her friends are very affluent. And there'd be a part of me that would be like, oh, my God, do we offer her enough? I'd fall into that trap. Mm -hmm. Sister. Do, do we offer her enough? Do we give her enough opportunities? Do we blah, 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 which basically boil down to money. And mm -hmm. um, 
then I had the conversation with her at, and I, I was like, I actually said to her, do you feel like we offer you enough? Like, she's like, mom, would you basically get over that? I mean, she's like, I don't want <laughs> all of this stuff of, of, she's like, not that she didn't want this stuff. And it wasn't coming from a place of lack. And I just bring it up in saying, it's important to talk to your kids, to hear their perspectives and to have these conversations when they're young. This is when she is mm-hmm. a teenager. Um, to be able to say, mom, do you realize how effed up their families are? <laughs> She's like, everybody's separated. Everybody's, um, they're not necessarily happy. Not to say that money doesn't bring happiness, but you know what I mean? My point is, is about having the conversations because as a parent, we have all these ideas and they don't necessarily match. I concur. And kudos to you for raising a young lady who have that level of awareness, who have that level of insight, who have the wisdom to see what money may be costing some people. Mm. That's all you. Mm. Well, thank you. But then there was still like the, the guilt part of it of like, but, but, and she's like, I don't want you to feel like you, you know, you should feel bad about money. And she's like, mom, stop. It's not that deep. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> you're making so much more of a big deal out of this than it needs to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we, we exaggerate things, you know. Yes, we do. And it's so funny. It's like to think that we could be separate from our creativity to me is kind of funny. <laughs> but it's even funnier that we're talking about child rearing and parenting and believing that somehow separating ourselves from creativity would somehow make that experience better for anyone. So true, right? Can you imagine? Right. It's kind of like, okay. (laughs) Can you, so here, but what's so beautiful is you doing what you did and making all of the, everything that led you up to where you are right now. I mean, your son looks at you, I'm sure. And it's just kind of like, damn, my mom's amazing. I mean, the, I mean, you you take. I, I hate to. Well, when people take a leap for something that they're actually passionate about, I I'm gonna put the word bravery on it. There is a bravery to it where it's like I don't care what others think. I just don't. I'm doing this for me. I am so ready. This is what my passion is to offer to the world. What you're showing your son in that, nothing can be taught in any school. Oh, thank you. It, it's funny that you said that because he, so he went off to college. This is his first uh, year. So he just came home for Christmas break. And uh, I'm sorry, not Christmas, for Thanksgiving break when he had come home. And he said, I don't know what to tell my friends that you do. And I was like, well, you know, I'm a celebrant. You could tell them I'm a wedding officiant. I'm a small business owner. I'm just kind of helping him get some language to navigate. And he said something that might be like my high point in parenting in terms of just warming my heart. He said, well, you know, a lot of my friends, they work for other people. He said, so if I just say you're an officiant, he said, that's not exactly it. And he said, I've never seen somebody say they were going to do something that they loved and do it. Oh my God. Go L. <sighs> Yay you. <laughs> and it was just, you know, it was humble. It was humbling for sure. But it was every fear that I had had about his experience with my transition. Mm -hmm. It dissolved in that moment. Mm -hmm. And he has seen me make mistakes. He's seen me be stressed. He's seen me be a complete and total coward, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. not infrequently. And then he's also seen me be brave and recover from being a coward. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Why do you say coward though? Because I really think we're so hard on ourselves because I totally do the same thing, but I don't think the word is cowardice. I just think that it's like these low points where we trust ourselves, like this whole worthiness issue. Ooh, the low. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful way to say it. It's much nicer than coward. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think we feel like that. It's like a. That's what we're telling in our story. But I think in reality, it's just us questioning, are we really good enough? Are we, you know, are we, uh, what is the word? I can't think right now. But are we really being honest in how we're showing up? Um, And straight, we are. Well, and I think too, so in my mind, I define a part of my success as spending more time than not 
in a flow state where my only focus is how I want to contribute. And then I just do it. Like my goal is to cut out the middleman in terms of feeling like I can't do something. It's, you know, I'm not capable of contributing that. Like if I have the idea, I just want to produce it and send it into the world to change people's lives. That is my ultimate flow state. So if it's not that, then I am prone to calling everything else cowardice. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> A little get intense. <laughs> A bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that damn word out of that, your vocabulary. Oh yeah, my I think gosh. I'm crossing it off the list now. It's over. Yeah, it's over. It's done. From this point on, you've heard it now on Creative Conversations. <laughs> so talk to me about talk to me about this idea of people might be like, okay, so what does this really mean? We understand mm-hmm. what um, a ceremony is as far as a wedding goes. Right. I love how you if we could break it down, like um, getting a tattoo, mm-hmm. this, how you described how it's a ceremony and a celebration. Can you kind of ex- break that down and explain that to people? Of course. So in a really the most simplistic way of thinking of it, before you get that tattoo, you have an intention. And most people, it's not just to put something pretty on their skin. There's often a symbolic meaning. They are trying to uh, note a significant transition or a season in their life. All that ceremony is, is acknowledging where you were, what you went through to get where you're going. The tattoo really just becomes a symbol of that, but the ritual of it is the process you choose to go through to kind of incorporate that tattoo into your life. So like the um, tattoo guide that I wrote, it has like a before and after process where you're managing energy, preparing the body um, for healing. You are being very finite, like writing, why am I getting this tattoo? You are envisioning what the tattoo will look like on your body. A lot of people actually do those things informally But like, I just wrote a ceremony to get you through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But the ceremony is just going from one space in life to another space in life. That's really it. And, uh, and, you know, let me make a distinction in my mind. People can have rituals without community, but I think ceremony always needs somebody to bear witness to the transition that you've made. Mm. And that's just how I look at it. I don't think that that's a a common industry definition. Yeah. I mean, and when you say community, do you mean, could it be one person or could it be, or is it it like multiple people? It could be one person. It could be family. It can even be social media. Mm -hmm. Like just some way of documenting the transition and then giving other people the opportunity and space to acknowledge that you've made it and allow you to be received. So like when people put pictures of their tattoo up on social media, folks are going to jump in the comments and, Oh my gosh, that's fresh ink or whatever. And they're, they're acknowledging you, you know, who did that work or why did you choose that color? I love that style. They're allowing themselves to be seen as their transition self. So the community part doesn't have to be complicated or big. I just really enjoy what you're saying of taking something. So, so here in this idea of a tattoo, there's the tattoo where you get, you know, you're drunk, you get the tattoo. You're like, crap, really? I got that. Um, Hey, that's a moment too. (laughs) (laughs) That is a moment, right? But what we're talking about is, and what I love and what you're doing is really acknowledging moments. Mm Mm-hmm. You're acknowledging the moments. You're acknowledging the the points in the stories um, in people's lives that we often might not think of as such a big deal and creating a celebration for it and getting people to, like, in this moment, think about, journal about. It doesn't have to be 10 hours of journaling, but Mm -hmm. really making meaning of it. I think it's beautiful. I mean... (laughs) I think so, because I mean, nothing lights me up more than to see the recognition in somebody's being that they just did a thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People sleep on themselves all the time. 
And it's like, wait a minute, you did a thing. Just give, give me 30 seconds. Can we just acknowledge this? And you, I think I move more powerfully through my life when I pause. Oh, I just lost you. Uh, you went on mute. Oh, <laughs> You just went on mute for a minute. <laughs> Am I back? Yes, yes, yes. Oh. You said you move more powerfully. And when I, I I'm sorry, when I pause to acknowledge the things that I have accomplished. I mean, that's kind of, it's, um, we, especially in America where we have this very kind of alpha driven dynamic. If you just keep doing, 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 and never just looking back for a second and saying, wow, okay, I did that. You're going to like not empower yourself with recognizing your ability to accomplish. Okay. So talk to us about this because, and dumb it down because you know what? I, I am queen of this, I will admit. And I know a lot of people can relate to this, just like you said, this whole alpha uh, being a go, 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 and not stepping back to realize like what do you actually do for yourself to so be first in that of space let me confess i am the queen <laughs> of not stopping to acknowledge i am like i'm one of those people where a week before i accomplish the goal i'm often already setting up the next accomplishment <laughs> i think we're sitting on the same throne <laughs> yes <laughs> So I, I will run through that achievement like it was Skittles. <laughs> so let me, I want to acknowledge that because it's something that even I've learned mostly because of my own challenge with it. Now, that being said, though, literally stopping to say, wow, I said I would and I did. Mm -hmm. That could speak so much power over a person. It breathes so much life into your confidence. The other thing about pausing to acknowledge, of course, I love journaling. Some people don't like to write, just speaking it out loud. What's even more potent is speaking it out loud to someone else. Mm -hmm. I said I would, and I did. Mm -hmm. Just those two things. If you could keep reminding yourself of the things you said you would do and you did do, Think about how much more equipped you would feel for the next challenge or the next goal. Yeah. But, but you have to remind yourself because let's be real. On planet Earth, there's often no shortage of people who will remind you of the things you said you would do that you did not do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have to take responsibility for speaking life on what others may not acknowledge. Mm -hmm. mm. It's not complicated. It's again, it's that part that I think because communities have changed, it doesn't get handed down because, you know, our grandparents probably grew up around their parents and siblings who would celebrate them when they accomplished things because they were right there in an intimate way, seeing them move through their life. People are across the country, across the world from their families now. Right. And even if you're with like your spouse and your children, these are people who have met you at a certain season in your life and then moving forward. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, your parents who have known you from the beginning, your siblings have been their way back. The people from your religious institutions, your classmates from high school and college, we often move away from those people. And so people aren't getting to witness the part that you did. They might've just been there for when you said you would. Mm -hmm. So you have to carry your own torch sometimes. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, make this your mantra. I said I would and I did. And I would also add to that. It's so great to kind of just saying that is so empowering. Thank you so much for that. To like speak that out loud. Also, maybe go to the mirror and look at yourself in the eyes and say that. Ooh, and then, then that inner child gets all that love. <laughs> So you're actually looking at yourself and you're like, Hollis, what the hell are you talking about? Look at myself in the mirror in the air. Like take a minute to look at yourself in the eyes, in the mirror and have a conversation with yourself and actually tell yourself, I love you. There is yes. such power in that. In the beginning, you might not even be able to truly look or you might be like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here looking at you. Uh, look at you. I love you. But if it's like, I love you. 
there's a there's an energy and a feeling to it. It's really pretty powerful. It is. I when I first started doing mirror work, oh no. I really would I really would say something like, I'm here looking at you. That's all I had. <laughs> I had to grow into it. And one of the things mm-hmm. I found is I love you is I like to say that to other people. But the, for some reason, like my inner child, my inner being responds really well to you're that girl. <laughs> oh, my God. But you found the language of what you respond to. That's amazing. It, it, I mean, and I do like the eyebrow raise. Oh, I get into it. It's like I'm hitting on myself, <laughs> but I'm OK with it. <laughs> you're that girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. The shoulder turn. Oh, we, we get full body with it. But for whatever reason, that just puts me in that space. And that's like a big I love you for me. <laughs> that's I love that addition to it I've never shared that with anyone so you all can just laugh because it's out there now it is out in the universe you spoke it you spoke it but you know what it's so freaking inspiring because we all have different ways so just like you did and and professed and me saying I love you that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the way you do for you but that mirror work is really important it is and that is a ritual. It's ceremony. Gosh, I just it, love those words, ceremony, celebration, and community. But what were you going to say? I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, you didn't. Oh, I didn't? Okay. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, you, you had the magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so let's move on to the second question, which is, we talked about some things, but how do you incorporate creativity into your own life? For me, and it's one of the reasons I focus on um, the small stuff uh, in my work as well, it's always little things. Um, For one, this is a thing I've had since I was a teenager. I write with a fountain pen or quad point pen. Mm -hmm. That feels very creative to me. Things just come out better on that paper because when I pull this pen out, it reminds me of my creative self and it kind of gives, reminds me of my permission to do things a little differently. And it makes me okay with wanting things to be beautiful. Mm. It's a little goofy thing, but I have done it since I was 16 years old. Mm. I am in love with that idea. It's my thing. And it just, you know, it's a thing. So, I mean, I incorporate it in those small, small ways, but another way that I have found my creativity shows up is in problem solving. You know, like you mentioned earlier, as a parent, good Lord, Mm -hmm. like if you have a tweener or a teenager, like your creative badge is well earned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I find that I also like to problem solve for other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm sometimes that person, my friends and family will call when they're kind of like, we're stumped here. Mm -hmm. I also have um, a bit of a tinkering nature. So I enjoy fixing things. Okay. That is a creative expression for me. It took me a while to figure it out, but I get a little too excited about like putting a heating element in the dryer. (laughs) (laughs) Like my friends were like, so, you know, everybody else like pays professionals for that, but it, no, but it's really satisfying to me. So do you do look up like DIY videos and stuff like that? All of that. But leaving just like kind of the process of figuring out how to make the repair or like, how can I make this better? It's a very kind of, to me, I guess you would call it like left brained form of creativity, mm-hmm. but it lights me up in the same way. So I know that's kind of, and I like to work with my hands. So making jewelry, I like to like paint like candlesticks or boxes or like uh, prayer boxes, just kind of all of that sort of hands-on thing. Wow, that I'm just kind of stuck on the fixing thing. That's like very impressive. I think a lot of people have that particular creative ability, but we just don't identify it as creative. And I, I think we often think it's very not creative because it's, but there's not just one way to do it. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> it goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush which is what this space is all about. This is why we have these frigging conversations is because the words that you're using 
So I created something called your creative shui, which is basically like uh, creativity is. It's like the seven elements to join happiness. And mm -hmm. they're, within these seven pillars, you are mentioning so many of them, which is um, permission, problem solving. You said pretty much consistently throughout. Those are two of the pillars of the seven. And um, it's just recognizing whether you're sitting around a business table, whether you are fixing things, um, in any element and environment of whatever you do, there is a creative expression going on and people need to understand and know that it's just empowering. Absolutely. I challenge people, especially if you work in a corporate environment or like some sort of a professional group dynamic, sit around in a meeting, zoom person to person, even on the phone. If you really pay attention and kind of tap in, you can see somebody in a creative flow. You can hear um, a confidence or you'll see a look on their face where it's almost like sometimes they're trying to hold back a smile because they're completely like amused with the experience they're having. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just, it's problem solving, it's business, it's professional, but you can tell it's a soul language. You can tell when they are in a creative flow, even with something that is business um, in a very kind of left brain sort of way. Yeah. So often when, and thank you for bringing this up. I mean, when I talk to people who have these kind of, you know, who work in these kind of settings, immediately when they, you know, I hear artists, you know, what's art school, blah, blah, blah. They immediately say, I can't draw or paint. I'm like, well, neither can I. Like, just because <laughs> I went to art school doesn't mean that's what I do. Um, right. I actually went for uh, ceramics. It ended up being a more three-dimensional. I kind of just see things better that way. But then when I say, well, what do you enjoy doing? What do you do? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm in business. I'm in sales. I'm like, God, do you realize like how much problem solving there is? Do you realize that your interpersonal skills, I mean, you're forming language in order to be able to, you know, tap in and communicate with people, like talk about creativity and people are like, well, I never thought of it that way. And people literally stand up straighter. It's like, because yes. they, they see themselves in a different way because people this word creativity gets put into this box of, well, you have to know how to draw or paint or, you know, be a dancer or something within those societal terms. But it really does apply to everyone. And when you own it, it's pretty life-changing. It is. I don't, I mean, who doesn't want to be creative? <laughs> I don't think it's possible not to be. Right. Like people may not say it out loud, but like within us, I think we all have a some space in us that's like, yeah, I can create. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you do. You create your day. You create, you know, how you wake up, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, you know, how your hair looks, um, what the next steps in your day. You might be like, Hollis, these are things I have to do. But you know what? There's choice in that. Yes. There there's, there's choice really in all of that. Um, and going back to what you do, it's like, I love how you just break down these, these transitions and these, what we might see as an everyday part of life, but create a ceremony and a celebration of it. I mean, it's just so powerful. I, I feel that it, it makes me more powerful in the world. Like the more people I celebrate, the more I have to lift other people up. And it's interesting. I don't, even though celebrants, we write um, really pretty substantial ceremonies and rituals. We, I mean, we create on paper first. I don't actually consider the writing to be my strongest um, expression. I consider myself a bit of a soul alchemist. Um, sometimes I say I'm a soul celebrant. I feel like my loudest creativity shows up when I'm actually with people in the ceremony. I think it's very creative to read a room and know how to move energy. I think it's very creative to look at a bride, a groom, um, a new mother, even a baby, and just already start seeing the truth of who they are and then figuring out very quickly how to create space so their true self comes forward and they get really powerful. 
that to me is really the more potent part of my creativity. I feel like that's what um, the universe kind of shaped me for even more than the writing. So is that a, a regular thing where people like within what you do that there is the writing aspect that comes first or do you sometimes switch that up and have, I don't know, where you're doing like meditations or feeling into people's energies. I don't know if this is getting too woo-woo for people. I'm just like prior to actually being with them or being with them and feeling their energy and having a ritual and then writing. Like, is there... So typically... There is a, there's, I'm using, so I'm a woo-woo person like all day. I mm -hmm. even, I read tarot, I do Oracle. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I get it out there. I actually work with my own angels and ancestors. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm using that experience to guide me to the right soul clients, if you will. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just know who you're meant to work for and who might, you might not be the right fit for them. So that part happens. And then the next part is us just connecting. Um, I always want to have a conversation first. And I often tell my clients, we have to catch a vibe. Mm -hmm. This, I have to feel true to you. You have to feel true to me or the magic just doesn't happen. Then the writing comes. Mm -hmm. And to me, the writing, I sometimes will refer to it as divining. Because I often feel like what ends up on paper is not usually my voice or my writing. It's some other collection of kind of, um, I, it's almost being channeled in a way. Yeah. And often when I send the ceremony, this, these first drafts to couples or um, individuals, it's not uncommon for them to say, I would have written it just like that. Or how could, how could you know to say it that way? I can't take too much credit for it. You have to kind of get your ego out of the way and let this come through. The work is super woo-woo. <laughs> mm. But you know what? I, I What I'm getting from it is so much, and it's so, so true. It's just basic get, basically getting out of your way and really connection, connection to like being in that space and just breathing and being quiet and listening for that connection to see what comes through. Absolutely. That's it. And sometimes people will say to me, this feels very spiritual. Mm -hmm. Magic comes up a lot um, when I'm working with folks. And it's to me just, again, if you can remove yourself, we all have to remove ourselves a little bit. They have to trust me to bring forward what's being given to me. And I have to trust them to have the courage to show up for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I often feel it's a huge privilege when somebody will let me actually see them. And especially if you're having a ceremony where there's going to be a large community of people around you witnessing it. Because sometimes at the end of the ceremony, people will say, I didn't know that's who they were. I'd never experienced them like this. I didn't know they were so romantic, poetic, dreamy, you know, powerful. Hmm. So that's the creative part. It's really about the soul alchemy as much as the writing. And then obviously there's the creativity of somebody saying, you know, we don't, we want to have a unity ceremony, but we don't want to light a candle. And then I start asking them questions like, what do you guys like to do as a couple? Just kind of generally and organically. And then I start creatively coming up with ways to give them something to unite them in their ceremony that's specific to things they already love. So you're customizing. Oh, 100%. No ceremony is the same. But I think I just need to highlight like a bunch of times that listening is a really, really big part of this, of what you do. And I think kind of um, just a reminder to people that to stop and listen because of the pace of how we often live, um, which is a choice, we go, mm. go, go, and we don't really listen. And I have to say, like, I'm just kind of laughing to myself that the other day I was multitasking for a change and <laughs> my son was telling me something and um, he's like, so what do you think about that? I'm like, oh yeah. He goes, you weren't listening to me. He's like, you were off in La La Land somewhere. 
I'm like, no, I wasn't. I'm like, yes, I was. (laughs) Guilty. I'm like, yeah, I was just trying to plan what my next thing in my head was. Like, I was like, so he called me on it and um, he's uh, like, yeah, you're exactly right, which I'm glad that he did. And it just made me think of Hollis, what the hell are you doing? Like, here's your 21 year old sitting here talking to you, sharing Mm -hmm. something with you. And you're thinking about like, you know, whatever it is. And I was thinking about and not being present. And um, it's those moments, you know. Guilty as charged. And my son will call me out as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the worst is this is like, <laughs> this is like one of those shameful parent behaviors, but I can totally own it because I know other people do it. So sometimes, you know, I like to drive and I really love music and I also love to sing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm in the car and my song comes on. Mm-hmm. Why do your children decide to wax philosophical when that one song comes on? When they had not been speaking to you for 18 hours prior to that. Like you've been through it. You've tried to extract all of this from them. We've tried to talk about it. We've tried to ease into it. I'm in the car. I'm finally not angry, confused, upset, or desperate. My jam comes on. And now you found Jesus. It's so funny. It's I know I'm not the only one. There are times when I just don't want to come and be present. I just don't like a petulant child. I just want to hear my song and be happy and sing for just a minute. And then I'll come back and I'll try to like be singing in my mind and kind of listening, thinking that somehow this will smooth out. He will be like, turn the song off, turn the turn the music. Like, no, (laughs) I know I'm telling you. It's like, it's such, it's like when it's happening, I know what I'm doing, but I just am so drawn to music. I love music. Anyway, I can own it for any parents out there who have something like that, whether it's TV or music or whatever. But I think it's so important to say, because there are times where you can be like, look, I don't want, this is my thing. And I want to listen to this song and I want to sing at the top of my lungs and I want to dance and leave me alone. Um, my daughter has no, no problem telling me, but yeah, go ahead. What were we going to say? Just get what? Just give me five. (laughs) Just, yeah. Just give me five. Just give me, she's constantly saying that to me. She's like, mom, why do you choose to talk to me in the car when it's music time? She's like, it's music time. I don't want to talk to you right now. I love you. I don't want to talk. I'm like, but I had this idea. And before I forget it, she's like, mom, I'm like, okay. (laughs) it's real switch switching of roles all the time yeah so it's like you know yeah but it's like we can actively choose not to be present or choose to try to split our attention which isn't really even possible you can't Mm -hmm. split your attention you're there or you're not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you nailed it i'm i'm super with you (laughs) she's always like i have 15 minutes before i get to work it's music time that's so real. <laughs> so before we move on to the final question, I remember in our pre-chat, I remember writing down what's it called, the an anagram. I don't even remember what these things are called. Basically, you said W-I-F-M. Yes. What's in it for me? Yes. What is that called? Is that an, that's an I call it Y-F-M. <laughs> but there's like a bigger, there's like a thing when you put like the, um, the letter and then it stands for something. What is that? An acronym. Thank you. An acronym. Yes. Okay. Thank you. That would have made me crazy. Okay. So tell us about what's in it for me. So this is really that it's kind of the filter that I use to listen to people at the end of the day. 90% of what's coming out of anybody's mouth or even what they're expressing through body language, it's trying to get to what is in it for them. And I'm personally not offended by that. I consider it to just be human nature. So when I'm listening to folks, what I'm trying to hear is what do they think is in it for them? Do they understand what is in it for them? What do I need to share with them so they know what's in it for them? If we consistently respond to that dynamic in a person and not like in a narcissistic way or a codependent way, 
mm-hmm. but just accepting that that's really where we're all trying to understand. Even in something as simple as like with your spouse or significant other, when you're interacting, oftentimes we're trying to just connect to the love. We're trying to connect to support. Um, we're trying to connect to somebody just bearing witness to whatever's going on in our lives. We're trying to connect to stability. What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. That's the filter I listen through. So freaking powerful. God, I hope you're really listening to this, everybody. Whew, so much. Okay, so as we get to the third question, which kind of like rounds everything out and puts a nice little bow on it is, um, <laughs> why do you think creativity is important? What else are we here for? <laughs> There's 8 billion people on the planet. And creativity is the way that each soul is different than the other. I mean, if we're subscribing to my definition or belief that it is your authentic soul language, it's the thing that fills you up, but it's the thing that lets people know who you are. That's why I love what you're doing, Hollis, because we have to take creativity outside of the traditional definition to be able to really speak this language. Mm -hmm. We would see each other so with so much more love and we would see each other really more powerfully if we were seeing what the creative languages are. We would be so much cooler to each other and ourselves if we were kind of seeing each other through our creativity. Oh my gosh. That has so much freaking power. It's crazy. I dig people. I can't say it enough. Like, I think it would be fair to say I'm kind of one of those people who loves to love, but I really like people and I really think they're kind of sparkly and magical. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of a weirdo in that a lot of times I'm willing to help dig mm-hmm. <laughs> through the dirt because I just want to see the diamond. I just want to get to the sparkle. I'm like a baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's my motivation for like, okay, what's their magic? What's their jam? What lights them up? Like, you know, what puts a different kind of smile on their face or gives them a deeper laugh? I just want to see the sparkle. Mm, (laughs) Oh my God. So weird. It's not, it's not. (laughs) Oh my gosh. There are so many. So I, I, I take quotes from each talk that I have and I post them and I'm not sure exactly which one to use uh, for yours, but (laughs) I just want to see the sparkle. Like, yeah. And in saying that, and before you said the word codependency, it's not that you're just hanging on to somebody to just be like, well, I'm going to stay with you or, you know, in this situation, whatever it is, because, because it's not working for me, but I, I really want to uncover and I want you to see what's in it for me. I want you to be able to see, where that sparkle is and that can take time yes and space and mercy and compassion and forgiveness like i kind of think of it i might not have even used the right words because me trying to kind of move the dirt probably isn't accurate it's more like i'm holding the dirt that they're digging up and i'm standing there with a mirror because when they sparkle i'm going to reflect that back to them we're all better for it. Mm -hmm. It's not a service. It's really us all kind of shining for each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you you can be with somebody as they find the things that make them joyful, you are more joyful too. It just is. And it's that idea that community, again, in the aspect, you want to surround yourself with people who get you, who will lift you up, who will Mm -hmm. be willing to, um, dig through the dirt, um, you know, hold your dirt and <laughs> hold the mirror up to you. And those are the people that you want to have your back and be around you. Um, yep. Yeah. What's your brand of crazy? I like it. I'm here for it. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> your brand of crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you please tell people how they can find you? <laughs> Um, the easiest way is from my website. It's uh, www.spiritfirelife.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at spiritfirecelebrant. And then if you want to pop me an email, hello at spiritfirelife.com. 
Oh my gosh, before we say goodbye to everybody, is there any kind of final words of wisdom that you have or anything you feel like you need to share? Don't be afraid of magic. Run with it. Don't be afraid of magic. Hear that, everybody? Perfect way to end this amazing hour. Al, thank you so much for taking this hour to chat. Really thank grateful. Thank you, Hollis. This was so affirming. I thank you. I'm grateful to you. Happy holidays to you and everyone listening. Thank you. So, so, oh my gosh, I am like so inspired and lit up. Um, so yes, first off, happy holidays to everybody. And um, this space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. So please like, follow and share and spread the word. I feel like we have always needed this, but I feel like we need it now more than ever, more than ever. And if you are feeling a need to also tell your story and write your story, I have uh, my second multi-author book that I am gathering for called Invisible No More, Stepping Into the Spotlight. And if that is feeling something that you're called for, um, it is an incredible space where all you have to do is write and you are part of a community and it's just a beautiful experience. So please reach out to me um, at IamCreativePhilly.com um, or in this space right here and we can have a conversation. So again, happy holidays and I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in this world and look forward to talking to you soon. So goodbye everybody. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativePhilly.com, IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com, and check out the experiential kits. Check out Creative Shui, which is all about creative inspiration and guidance. And for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has an expression. And I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour to listen to our stories and share the energy. And I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.